Alright, so the recording started. So good morning everybody. This is Tony Fleming. This is a seven AM mindset call. We do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at seven AM Eastern. Six AM Central and four AM Pacific time. I remember we used to have some people on at four AM. I don't think they're on anymore. But on this particular call we talk about uh, mindset, we talk about leadership, we talk about life, we talk about books, we talk about affirmations, we talk about success, we talk about failure, talk about a lot of things that go hand in hand in what you do on a daily basis, whether it's your job, your business, or your relationship. So you can actually take this information and you can use it with, you know, those things and even more. Now, um, what we do is we take this and load it on a podcast, on different podcast platforms. So, um, you know, like Apple, Breaker, iTunes, Spotify. So if you're clicking on these and, you know, for the first time and you hear this voice and you hear this sounds kind of different than a typical podcast, I just want to clarify is that this is not a podcast. It's a conference call. But we're loaded on podcast platforms. And the reason why is that it's easy access. And another thing I was thinking about the other day, not only is it easy access to get to for you and listen to for replays, uh, it's also going to be archived. You know, on the free conference call line, sometimes that stuff, they delete it. Uh, I'm surprised that some of those calls I have are still there. Uh, but with this, they're going to be here forever, ever, ever, unless I pull them. But I think even if I pull them, uh, they still got them. You know what I'm saying? Once you put it out here, they they got it. So, you know, they can use this forever. You know, it's like I'm giving away this kind of information so they can actually pull this up and use it forever. But I think I can, you know, take them or – you know, block them or save them for a minute. If I want to just say, okay, I'm not doing this anymore, I think I can, I think so. I'm about to have somebody check on that. But I think I could, you know, like stop doing it and, you know, you don't hear them. But I believe that Anchor still has them somewhere and they could use them uh, at any point. So, um, but that's, that's, that's a good thing, uh, but that's not the purpose, the main purpose of us putting them on this call, the main purpose on, on this uh, podcast platforms is hopefully you will go back. Now, I could check. I've actually checked uh, uh, a number. Does somebody keep? Uh, okay, I could check the number. uh What do you mean winging it, man? You mean like I'm just you? You're saying are you asking me to just go and wing it, or do not find the book? What are you asking me to do? Let's see. I have the book. I'm just trying to find the section that I should read from today. Uh, it's the state of mind. Is that it? Is that where I should start? Um, 
what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read, and I want somebody to tell me what book this is because I've done it. I've done this book before. All right, let's go with. Uh, she's saying Jada Kisses. <laughs> she doesn't know who Jada Kiss is, man. She doesn't. She 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 listens to uh, Megan the Stallion and that kind of stuff. All right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start here. That's what I'm gonna do, and then I'm just gonna read a little bit. I don't think this is the section, but it's, it's heavily highlighted, so it's got to be for a reason. All right, so um, did I make sure the recording is set? Hold on a second. Okay, so it says here, to become rich, which is a good thing, uh, you first must have, and the reason I, you know, the reason I said that is because if we look at our situations and a lot of us where we grew up from and, you know, things that we were taught, things that we heard, um, you would, a lot of us would think that rich people are not, you know, the per the person that we want to grow up to be. You know, it's programmed in us that rich people kind of doesn't have morals. Rich people are not um, spiritual. Rich people do not do the right things. Um, they just run behind money, 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 and um, that's you know farthest from the truth most of the time. Now you do have evil rich people like you got a bunch of evil poor people but what i'm saying is the programming that's i hear that we've heard for years and years and years and our thoughts that's been deep inside of us for years uh had you know there's problems because think about it if you are poor or if you're middle class and you've been fighting to to advance um you know financially and you don't do it then it's easy to sit back and just, you know, you got to come up with some kind of reasoning. You know, you can't say it's you. You can't say it's the community. You can't. So now you got to say, well, it's something wrong with rich people, and I really don't want to do that. You know, they're evil, and I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to. Somebody, yeah, I was talking to somebody last night. I'm not calling their name, but, you know, we were talking about doing things for money, and uh, they said, you know, certain things I'm just not going to do for money because of my morals and and this and that and, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, at least, didn't say it to them. Uh, if you have a great, if you have, okay, if you have a, a, a clean slate in your life and you, well, nobody has that. Everybody has done something. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's done something if they've not done done it more than once. But let's say for the good to be rich, for the good to be rich, to have money, because I, I know that everybody on this call is, is just a, a, a you know spiritual indivi- uh, individual, just a spiritual being, and you just you just a good person. So imagine if you if you had money. Just imagine if you were very rich, 
the things that you can do with that. Now, is it is it worth that one? You know, is it worth that one thing that you did to actually get that money um, to do those good deeds? Like, for example, you know, Robin Hood. He stole from the rich to get to the poor, right? You know, I mean, that's the that's the the story they tell. Um, he's, so that means he did something that, you know, is not what you would, you know, say is, you know, honest and fair and, you know. So he, done, he did that to give to the, to the poor and help the poor. So you wouldn't look at that situation as this, okay, it's okay to, to actually do something, um, you know, matter of fact, if I think about it, let's stick, let's stick right there for a minute. A lot of wealthy people initially started off doing some things that were kind of crooked just to get there. Because I guess if you think about it, starting from scratch with nothing, Family with no money, um, you with nothing, you know, and and to climb to the top, it's probably it's very difficult. Because if you look at the, uh, is it the Rockefellers or one of those big wealthy families? If you trace it all the way back, they were doing illegal stuff at one point. Like, uh, was it? Was it alcohol? Were they selling alcohol? Because at one point that was illegal. Uh, well, they, there was something they were doing to get to the level that they got to, and then they stopped. Um, so, and it, it, let's say they turn around and start doing good deeds with it. You're saying that it's not worth that to get to that point? Well, I'm asking that question. You don't have to respond. Just kind of answer. I'm really talking to that person who it was alcohol uh, doing, and I think it was called prohibition, and, and, and that was where you couldn't do that. It's like uh, some people that sold weed or or drugs to get enough money to start. If you think, look, most of record labels. I mean, most of uh, rappers. Between the late seventies, eighties, and nineties, before the internet, in order for them to even, you know, go into a studio and you know cut a record or do all that kind of stuff, they had to have a lot of money, <clears throat> and a lot of that money came from guys that were doing stuff illegal. You know, that that was the only uh, investors that they had. <laughs> Because that's what that's the only people in the neighborhood that had money to do that. So, you know, for the good and for a good cause, uh, say a person did something one or two times just to do it. Do you look at them as? Because I was thinking during that conversation uh, last night that. Uh, yeah, the fun the studio time. Yeah, most most people, because we were talking about we we actually got on the subject of, uh, well, should I talk? About, yeah, we got on the subject of Tyler Perry, and you know, 
did you hear that Tyler Perry is building his own um, airport in Atlanta? He's building his own airport. And this person said, well, you know, Tyler Perry um, pretty much gave up his spiritual life to get to where he is. And he, you know, I guess he sold out to the devil. You know how people say that? Um, and I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, well, if we look at what we definitely call the, you know, the selling out to the devil and not being so spiritual, I can't really think of, I want y'all to text me somebody that really got to a such, got such, such high level to be wealthy and didn't kind of do some of those things to get to that point. Unless y'all can think of somebody who, now, think about how many people Tyler Perry has helped and the things that he's done for folks. So does does the um, the action or, you know, immoral action, illegal action justify, you know, the the way of does it justify the whole point of um, being able to now help people spiritually, being able now to to uh, you know do things that can help the whole? Because if he didn't do that, then he wouldn't have had the the money to do it. Because you think about some of the mega churches which we talked about. A lot of them have given up their soul and given up, you know, to the government because, you know, mega churches get big money from the government. They get millions of dollars a year based on how many employees they have and things of that sort. So they've done that too. So can you think of uh, <laughs> – all right, so now <laughs> – so, so should I say that that – Somebody's texting me saying that's not the question I asked them. No, it's not because it was the question I asked them kind of was like because this person was a female, and um, and we were we was, we was taking the extreme, saying that Tyler Perry had done the extreme to get to where he was, and so I used the extreme. I used, I used the question of to that person. Uh, you remember the movie? Um, indecent exposure, you know, where uh, it was, you know, the guy asked to actually sleep with this man's wife for a million dollars. And my question was kind of like that to that person, even though that person was not married. I said, okay, for a million dollars, would you do? Oh, no. No, no. I'm like, even if it's going to take care of your family, you know, kind of forever is going to take care of issues that you have, challenges that you have. You're going to get that million, put it in the bank. Are you going to be a different person because you did that one thing that one time? Now, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not even trying to justify it. I'm asking. You said I'm dragging it. It wasn't that hype. So the person says, no, I'm not prostituting myself for a million dollars. Nope, I, I couldn't take it. I wouldn't feel good about it. And I'm saying to that person, say only you 
Well, God would know too. You, only you, God, and that that person would know. Nobody else would know. It wouldn't be blasted all across the paper. You wouldn't do that for a million. And knowing what that mean could do, how hey, how that mean could help the church. You know, I don't know. I don't know too many churches turning down, you know, money from dope boys or turning down money from anywhere. I don't think they look at it and say, now, where is this money coming from? I don't want it. So if you could do things with that, um, and that's just one example. It could be, it could be, I don't know, you doing something. What about money? money is it money laundering? Let's say you you have a business and you're running some illegal money through your business just to clean it up for that person. You know, you have a clothing store and that person has illegal money, dope money, whatever, and he brings it to you to run it through the store to clean it up. Like, you know, okay, so my money's coming out of business here and now you're doing that, but now that money, you're taking that money and you're investing back into the neighborhood, and you're buying things that can help the poor. You're giving money to, so you're saying that you wouldn't do that, even though yet you know that the end would be much better for people. Y'all keep texting me and let me know if that's the case, because that's interesting to know that. Um, that people say that, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not telling her that you should do it, but come on, y'all, talk to me, let me see. Hmm. That's a tough question, somebody says. Uh, it's like paying, you said titles, or did you mean tithes? Does it go back to your, okay. I personally would not let my wife do that. I would convince my side piece, <laughs> oh man, stop. I would convince my side people, okay. <laughs> All right, let me let me let me go on because I don't. Some people, I don't think it's completely honest. That's just my opinion when y'all say stuff like this. I don't know. Let's see. I don't know if uh, in the let me see. You don't respond when I oh. That's old. <laughs> yeah, the Kennedys sold alcohol. Yeah, they did that. Uh, but let me read. All right, so the symbolic the symbology of how you feel about abundance lies all around. All right, if you look at the quality of your lifestyle, you can soon see whether or not you believe in abundance. I don't mean how rich you are. What I mean is. Do the things around you have a quality and creativity or they're drab or they're ugly and dead? 
you can live in one room in the back end of town and still be surrounded by abundance. So looking for the way things feel and shows you who you are. So think about that. Now, I know some people will say, well, you might think this looks drab and you might think this looks ugly, but I really like it and I really think it's great and I really think, but, you know, are you just saying that to be saying it because you got to know what drab and ugly looks like, right? It goes back to that question, would you rather have a huge house, a lot of space, in a raggedy neighborhood? Now, you're in that house all the time, so you're not going outside the house. Your house is beautiful on the inside, and you got all that space where you can move around and do things, have people stay with you. Or would you rather have a small home in a beautiful neighborhood to where, you know, when you pull up in a neighborhood, everything is beautiful, the flowers, everything is nice and clean, and you pull into a nice and clean driveway, and you go in your home, it's nice and clean. But it's very small. Let's say your home is, you know, 1,500 square feet, but you could have a a mansion that may be, you know, 8,000 square footage, that, but but the neighborhood is not that good looking. You have to drive to the neighborhood, and the grass not cut, and the things are falling down. But once you get inside your home, it's beautiful, and you can live there. The question is, which one would you rather have? He says that lets you know how you feel about abundance. He says, looking for the way things feel shows who you are. Also, it shows you quite dramatically whether or not you invest in yourself. This is vital for itself. I, for, for it says, I believe in myself. I will spend to better myself. If you don't, others pick up on that and in self devalues what you are in their minds. Further, it's hard to ask others for their backing and support if you won't bag yourself. Now, think about this. I know some people are going to say that's not what he's talking about, but I believe it is. You know how I see you guys on the Zoom, and we say make sure you got bright lights and your background should have something, you know, don't have just a drab wall, don't have just – and it looks – it looks uh, – doesn't look like success, but you all keep doing it. You still do it. <laughs> and your hair's not combed. <laughs> but, you know, you'll say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, but it doesn't look like that. And you say in your mind, I don't know what you're talking about. Looking for the way things feel shows you who you are. You know how you hear, you hear if you're a sports fan, you've always heard Deion Sanders say when you, when you look good and dress good, you feel good. You know, he ain't the only one to say that. You know, that's, that's been, been around for years, but he always says it. That's why he has his football team, who's smack dab in the middle of the hood, uh, have – you know, uh, suits or jackets and slacks that they wear to the game, all organized, look very professional, look good, look like success. He had uh, 
he had uh, a man um, on the morning show, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Strahan, had him buy the uniforms so that they could look good when they went places. And he says, when you look good, you feel good. You know, and then they organized, they look great coming off the plane and all of that. You know, so so reading this, it says the way things, I mean, looking for the way things feel shows who you are. Also shows quite dramatically whether or not you invest in yourself to get your hair done or y'all say get your hair did to, uh, you know, have on proper clothing to make sure that you change the light bulbs in your room or wherever you are so it don't look so dim and gloomy. And, you know, that lets us know what do you feel about yourself and how you operate. This is vital for it says, I believe in myself. I will spend to better myself. If you don't, watch this, others pick up on that. And in itself, it devalues what you are in their minds. Further, it's hard to ask others for their back and support if you won't bag yourself. So, if you're not thinking about that and you're not actually trying to do that, that shows how much you value yourself. You know, I noticed certain people that um, I think Dr. Tolliver and Kevin, her husband, you know, they're, they're, they always sit on the sofa on the Zoom, and they got bright lights in there. They got, you know, it looks, one time I saw it, you, it looked like you didn't have a light on at all, but, but most of the time you have the lights on, and it looks very professional. It looks like you're, you know, it looks like you care about your surroundings. It looks like you care about what you're doing. I'm just using them, for example, because I, I forgot to tell you that one day when I saw it. But then again, I saw it one time where the lights were dim, and I don't know if you just forgot how it looked or or not, but it says to a person that they care about their surroundings. And just like when we look and see somebody, you know, literally sitting on the toilet or something, or, or they sit in a room where it just looks drab and you don't have that says a lot too you know it says a lot it says I don't believe in myself and I really don't care to do that because he says you know if you if you're stepping your game up to invest in yourself this is vital because it says I believe in myself now watch this if you're building a business I know we talk about the company and things of that sort, but people really follow you. They follow your example. They follow what you do. They look at things that you do, and they join you. Like, people don't really join companies. They join you. He says the point about feeling is that every part of your life has to be congruent with whatever it is you wish to become. You can't expect abundance to find you if you're surrounded by symbols of lack. So some of y'all ought to know this book that I'm that I'm reading from because I'm about to make a statement. Um, okay, somebody says that's why I bought a Lexus for other people. It's it's horrible.
horrible, but especially with our people, they are looking at you and what you wear and things. That's true. And I know you say it's horrible to do it because you're doing it for other people, but it's, you know, I mean, you're actually doing it for yourself, too, because that feeling that you get, I know you probably said I'm, I didn't intentionally do it for that. You know, and you said it's the same reason that people be lying on social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the point he's talking about is feeling every part of your life has to be congruent with whatever you wish to become. So that's the thing of fake it till you make it kind of. But you don't have to go overboard. You don't have to do, you know, crazy things. But you got to at least look like you care for yourself and you care about your surroundings. You can't act. Let's say, for example, you wanted to borrow some money from some people. I'm talking about a lot of money to do maybe a business or you you got investors that you want to invest in you. You know, like you go to the bank. The bank said, no, I'm not investing in you because maybe you've had some trouble in the past. Maybe you've done some things that, you know, the bank says, well, we just can't touch you. You know what I'm saying? So, But you need this money to advance your business that you're building. And so you put it out there. You're looking for uh uh, what do you call those uh, uh, investors? But that's a term that you're looking for, investors. And so you got a couple of people that say, you know, okay, I invest with you. And then you say, well, they say, I'm going to come to your house and sit down. You say, okay, now they pull in your driveway. Your grass is not cut, fence falling down, house need painting. All those things that you could do yourself, you know. You know, you can actually paint the house yourself, just get some paint, you know. You can do a lot of things, but now, do you think that investor pulling in your driveway wants to deal with you? Let me see if y'all remember this book, because I'm going to give you examples that he says. He says, you can't expect abundance to find you if you're surrounded by symbols of lack. For every rusty bathtub in your yard says, no abundance here, please. And don't act like y'all hadn't seen that before. If you grew up in a poor middle-class neighborhood, you saw people that had stuff in their backyard that looks like Sanford and Son or something, like you had a junkyard going on back there, a rusty bathtub. He says, it's better, therefore, that you surround yourself with a few good quality things that pile your life up instead of piling your life up with junk. You know, I remember when I first started buying Ferragamo shoes, I just said, man, if I can get one pair that might cost $700 at that time, you're talking about in the 80s, I would rather do that and keep those shoes clean than to go and buy 10 pair of shoes, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, for $50, $60 that I can get a bunch of them in, um, you know, say that you know I got a I got a you know a bunch of shoes and you know I can switch them up and but if they all look inferior to the success that I want to have, I'd rather not do that. I got a pair of fair gummos. I actually had them on on uh, Saturday. Was it Saturday Friday night? We did our dinner in Houston with the my in suit and tie. Those fair gummo shoes probably cost me 
nine hundred dollars, maybe a thousand. But that you know, I bought those shoes in two thousand nine. It's like twelve years later. And you can look at the quality of the level I mean the leather, you can look at the shoes. So investing in something that's good that you can keep around for a long time compared to just buying a bunch of junk that people now that goes that that kinda goes to the inside of the person and, and think, okay, does that person really understand that? You know, my wife had me buy this custom dining room table. And I told her, I said, I said, most folks only know maybe a car and maybe a purse or a belt that's quality. Anything else, they just don't know when they see it. I said, a person's going to walk in this house and see that dining room table that we spent a crazy amount of money on, and they ain't gonna, they going to say, oh, yeah, they got that at, bonds, at, uh, no, at books, to, not books, to, but rooms to go. And she would get steaming, like, they ought to understand. I mean, the dog on table cost a crazy amount of money. It was shipped in. But it was custom. And I'm like, she says that they should know quality. I said, no, most folks don't know that. Most people think they know quality. That's the challenge that you have. You know, most people think they know that. So... But let me continue. It says, it's better, therefore, that you surround yourself with a few good quality things than pile up your life with junk. I don't mean that you can't take advantage of a bargain that's offered, but but centering but uh, centering only on the cheap and shabby allows you to rest only in that. Okay, here it goes. So just look, one good pair of expensive shoes is better than a dozen pair made underwater by the Brazilian convicts at two bucks each. <laughs> so, y'all, tell me what book I'm reading from, because I, I laughed at that then when he, used to, when he said that. If you don't have wealth at present, then you will have to adopt an air that says you are in the state of becoming more wealthy moving up. Because I don't mean for you to spend a whole lot of money you don't have lining your, your, your house with meat or or whatever, but rather that you should begin to seek and enjoy quality things of life, many of which cost little or nothing. You can go to the most expensive hotel in town and just sit there and watch the hot shots trot back and, back and forth. It won't cost you a penny. Well, it's going to cost you to park. <laughs> You're not going to an expensive hotel without them, you know, trying to make you park and, and pay for it, you know, like um, – you get, I don't care if you park, self-park, you're going to pay for it. He said it won't cost you a penny, but it will. At that time when this book was written, it might not. Um, and if the, the the waiter bugs you, order a coffee and drink it slowly. When the three hours, he asks if you have another, you reply, no thanks. I like to drink slowly anyway, and I'll try to give up. I'm trying to give up caffeine. So now you got you got three hours where you can sit in the lobby at the some of the most expensive hotels and just feel that value. Now watch this. And don't get mad at me when I say it. If you say that that's not value and you won't feel good doing that, you got to check yourself. That's some issues going on. That's some inferiority complex that you have. That's a low self-esteem that you have. That's something that 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 you have to address. He said, let me give you an example also. Um, 
interesting to me that the quality items often don't cost very much more than the tacky stuff, especially when you factor in that they last longer, give off a good feeling, and enhances who you are. Yet so often the upper, I mean the upmarket commodities tend to put us off, but we don't immediately see what it is that we get for our money. This is because we are not taught to acknowledge a things, uh, things intrinsic energy as a part of its value. You know, like having a nice piece of I don't know artwork or a nice lamp or a nice some furniture. You don't know how much energy that gives you compared to having some cheap stuff that you bought just to fill the room. He said, let me give you another example. At most airports in the U.S., there are ranks of yellow cabs that will take you downtown for $30 to $40, depending on the distance. The drivers are usually dead sleazy, (laughs) extremely negative, and the cabs feel... Uh, an energy level like a mortuary on a hot day with the refrigeration turned off. (laughs) Also, at most airports, there's a stretch limo service. Now, most would never think of calling for a chauffeured limousine because they presume that it costs a fortune. The fact is that often it doesn't cost much more than a regular cab. You might pay $10, $15 more, to have that luxury and that to feel good, but most people say, no, we're not going to do that. And he's saying that that says a lot about how you are, the air, I mean, the, the way you feel about yourself. Boy, I know I got some people now, boy, you know, kind of steaming on this. Let's see, I'm, now I'm getting texts. All right. Tony, I have a good friend who will not go to Walmart to buy anything and will only go to Whole Foods. He says because of the energy. I get it. I really get it. I went to Whole Foods the other day. It's a Whole Foods in Atlanta that I hadn't been in. And I passed by three or four times and a voice just says, go in there. So I usually hear my voices and just go in. So I walk through that whole food store, the whole, everything. And, yeah, you got a different energy than walking through A&P or Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> but people go in there and say, well, I'm going to go in and save some money. Okay, let's say you didn't buy anything from Whole Food, but what about just walking through it? What about getting the energy of it? Some people don't do Walmart, they do Target only. I can understand that. But understand the point that that we're talking about this morning. Nobody named the book, though. Come on, now, y'all have heard me talk about this book. I read that those particular stories kind of similar, you know. Uh, nobody can think of the name of the book. All right, let me read one more thing, and we can wrap it up. The basic physical aspects of abundance are your actions in the marketplace of life. The universal law cannot mail you a check from the clouds. 
at some point you would have to get into the marketplace, find other humans, satisfy their needs in some way, and have them transfer a little symbology to your bank account. <laughs> That's what we call money. It's some, some symbology of what you've done to your bank account. That, got, that goes back to the more people you help, the more you help yourself. It also goes back to you can't just, you know, sit, on, sit at home and speak affirmations all day without getting up to go do something. Because he says the, the universal law cannot mail you a check from the clouds if you hadn't done anything. At some point, you have to leave, get into the marketplace, find other humans, satisfy their needs in some way, and have them transfer a little symbology to your bank account. That's the recognized way. You know, find you a person that wants to be a part of the business, enroll them in the business, and then you get a little symbology transferred to you. He says, as you begin to open up to new possibilities and expand yourself, you will have to get out of there and discover what is really happening in the world. It's pointless to raise your energy and have loads of people attracted to what you are if you haven't got something to sell them when they show up. You know, I used to talk about that a lot, you know, going, when I was going to mega churches. The mega pastors would get you fired up in there about how you can change your life and you can do this and that. But most of the people leaving out of the church didn't even have a business to do that. They didn't have anything to sell. He says that means in basic terms that you have to have a skill, knowledge, or product. There's nothing else in the world that people want. They want a skill, they want knowledge, or they want product. Or of these three broad headings, a skill seems to be the least attractive. The problem with it being that you have to roll up each day and do it yourself personally. This can be time-consuming, and eventually time may limit how much you can earn in total for offering that skill. However, a skill does have an upside, especially in the world where everyone is the is is hold on is mostly mostly use useless at what they do. So if your skill is to offer out excellence and caring, if that excellence is understood and appreciated by people, then it would be impossible for you to starve. It's just impossible because you're gonna always have things happening for you if you have that skill level. For for the for the competition walling as it does in mediocrity He's saying most people are, media, uh, are living in in living media, in, in mediocrity allows you to stand out from the crowd with any real effort. So if you're putting forth any real effort, it'll show because most folks are not. And as long as you are effective and invest in letting people know who you are and what you do, your future is hell. In an ironclad guarantee, and you don't even, you know, what he's saying is, you, you know, that's not even having a job and salary. Just saying that you have built yourself up to a point. Your, your the inside of you, the innermost of you, uh, there's a belief there, there's a strong feeling there, and then that skill starts to show, and people appreciate it. They started being around you. He said, we can return to the point of you having invest in yourself. The reason why. Most people are so pathetic is that they will not take time to develop and refine their skill. If you listen and, and look at most people that are successful, they'll tell you night and day that's what they're doing. 
night and day, they're constantly mastering themselves when nobody's around. He says that such a headlong rush to make it in life, to acquire the accoutrements of a fancy lifestyle, that people tumble out, try to merchandise themselves before they have any real experience and why they know little about their chosen field. Now, that's what they're doing now. You go out on on the gram, you go out on social media, you see a lot of people just putting up stuff to make it look like and seem like they have, but they haven't. You know, and I'm not saying everybody, so I can't I can't make that bold statement. That's a broad brush I'll be painting with. But I'm just saying a lot of people haven't done that to really have those skill levels. It's just that you just make it look like that. So guess what it says to that? Doing so, they sentence themselves to perpetual struggle. For their efforts are mirrored in the same mediocrity offered by others. I think the old European system where people were apprenticed to master craftsmen for seven years had its merits. For although the individual lived on a substance level through those years, he or she came out of the experience with pride, a real skill that was a talent that was honored and recognized by society as being special. So the time right now that you're not having major success, the time you should be constantly working on yourself, and I believe most people are doing the opposite. I believe most people are frustrated, and I'm just I'm just going by my years of experience talking to people, and that's where that's coming from. They're more frustrated by looking at everybody else's success instead of every night refining yours. Instead of saying, okay, this person made that, and I'm not close to that, but every night I'm gonna refine. Every night I'm gonna. Every night I'm gonna be working on myself. Every night I'm gonna be. Every night I'm gonna be. And then one day, year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you have mastered a particular skill, whatever it is. And now you start pulling success towards you, and you start. But he says here, I don't think most people are willing to do it. Most people. Um, will will sentence themselves through perpetual struggle for their efforts are mirroring the same mediocrity offered by others. Because they don't want to go through that pride of of building that skill and, and, you know, working on yourself on a regular basis until that happens. It says here, and I'm going to wrap up with this one, To become special, you will have to turn and move against the tide. The mass is drugged by apathy. You know what apathy is, right? We talked about that. Just not caring, not just dragging, just doing a little bit, not even trying. Just, 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 just lazy. Just, uh, just lazy. Uh, Somebody texted me, said that's Wallace D. Waddle's book, The Science of Getting Rich. That's a good shot. It's not really that. Um, I'm going to tell you what the book is in a minute. But the mass is drugged by apathy, living in a mind-numbing existence and devoid of spirit, demand constant titillation and instant gratification. Thus, as their children become teenagers, it's naturally for the children to react the same way. You know how your environment, you it's like it goes back to from zero to nine years old. What you were fed during that time and what you were having during that time, it 
affects you because you're pretty much copying that. You know how Les Brown said when the lady came up to him and, and said, Mr. Brown, I need to talk to you. He said, okay. He said, what do you want to talk about? He said, she said, I said, my son, I'm just, I'm just not, he's just not motivated at all. And so as Les was listening to her, he said, I wonder why. <laughs> Listen to you. The apple don't fall too far from the tree. So if you're in that environment of doing that, you're going to wind up being that. That's why I tell my mom. She said, I can't believe you got out, that, out, out of my household thinking the way you think. Well, Mom, I really didn't get out of your household thinking that way. I came out of your household thinking exactly like you were thinking. But I changed that. I moved to another environment, and I got around other people, and I changed that. He says, but the mass is drugged by apathy, living in mind-numbing existence and devoid of spirit, demand constant titillation and instant gratification. What's constant titillation? You know, turning on the television, watching something, that, you know, that's constant titillation. Or, or spending money to try to feel good, you run to the mall to buy you a dress or run to the mall to buy you. So that's constant titillation. So he says as children become teenagers, it's natural for those children to react the exact same way. Caring little for excellence in long term, living instead of a vapor diet of instant returns, lacking enduring substance. That's why you see a lot of African Americans, we run as soon as we get our money and buy those Jordans. Because we gotta have this feeling of look at me. Instead of taking that Jordan money and keep putting it up and putting it up and putting it up and putting it up and then buying something that you can invest in that's going to get you. No, no, no. we got to do it right now. He says it's that, it's that uh, tendency to do that. And it's holding us back. He said because, you know, and, I, and guess what? All that comes from the inner you. That's why I'm always talking about personal development. That's why I'm talking about reading books. Because I'm trying to get into that person that makes you do the stuff that you do. So he says, and why should anybody bother? If it doesn't work for them, then some, um, it says that some body will fix it if the things get too bad. Uh, and he's talking about, you know, a person that really want to change their life. If it gets too bad, they start working on it. They start, and everybody's not going to do that. We all come up with, you know, all kind of reasons and say, well, this looks good and that looks good and, you know. And you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm going to wrap with this. You might think that. You know, I'm going to tell you the reason you think that because of the person on the inside of, of, of self, the person that you have uh, created, you know, by doing certain things over and over that make you feel like um, some cheap and shabby actually looks good and feels good. He says, for most people, their act, their act with excellence is just an intellectual concept. That excellence has to be acquired over a period of time. Most will not invest in time and effort and involved for they don't see the product of their skills 
as an intrinsic merit that goes beyond what it can be sold for. See, we don't feel like building ourselves up and, you know, working on the inner person and investing in books and doing those kind of things. It's like we don't see that as a value and that that intrinsic merit that goes beyond what can be sold for. There's a spiritual godliness that drifts naturally through the affairs of man, but it's visible only if actions are undertaken and performed with that godliness in mind. So I'm going to wrap it up with that and stop because we're going way over. But the book that I'm reading for is the book that we read, you know, a while back. I read it a couple of times. It's by Stuart Wilde, the late, great Stuart Wilde, and that's the trick money is having some. And he got a lot of other stuff through here that I might, you know, flip through on Wednesday or something. But you got to think about how you surround yourself, what you have in your environment, why you're thinking the way you're doing, because that attracts other people. Or it turns other people off. And you will say, well, I don't care. Well, you should care, especially if you're in business. Now, if you're not in business and you just you have a job and you're just going back and forth to work and the job doesn't care how you look, that's different. That's totally different. You said the secret to money is having something. That's not <laughs> the trick to money is having something. You were close. But that only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> so, man, I said a lot uh, from this book because I've gone way over. I'm supposed to go. I kept saying I'm going to go 30 minutes. I'm going an hour. Let me find this uh, this uh, voice here. Hold on a second because i got to load it. And then we can uh, out there. Where is it? But think about it. Just think about this could also uh, really frustrate you and, and, and make you mad about it, what he said in the book because a lot of y'all think that, you know, you can get away with just some um, cheap looking because you swear to yourself that it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look, you say that, but but what, the reason you say that is because there's some things that you have not worked on within yourself there's some things that you hadn't worked on within yourself to make you feel better about things. So, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I see. Uh, but I believe you read the book. You just didn't get the right name. So <laughs> that's not the answer then. So, all right. I'm uploading this right now, then we do this mystery voice, and we out of here. So I appreciate you guys who still here, who came on, who, who's hanging on because I'm gone much longer. I said that I'm going to start doing 30, 40 minutes to be done, but then I get into a flow, and I just don't stop, and I got to stop that. <laughs> I got to stop that. You can't keep operating like that, sir. <laughs>